my dad asked me to um, do this morning, and I was like, what in the world? And he said, the Lord um, gave you a word for a lady this week, and he said, I believe the Lord's God has gave you a word for this church. And um, let's just pray a minute before I give that. Lord, this is your service. This is your time. We just bind up any distractions. The blood of Jesus is over this service. There's deliverance and freedom for those that will receive it here today. And I just pray for her right now in Jesus' name and ask the Lord to get her and just, um, the enemy doesn't want her free. And so, Lord, you can go out in that parking lot and you just trail her right out of there, Holy Spirit. But those that are here in this place, Lord, you have something for us today. You have a word directly from your mouth to our ear this morning. Wow, that was cool. What was that? That was God. So, Lord, you have our attention. (laughs) Yes, sir. We are here to do what you say and that's what i just kept asking him lord what are you going to do here today what i i just kind of felt like something was up i don't i don't know but i'm 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 available and i'm here and i'm up for whatever he's got so how's that but he he um said that he knew that I had a word for the Lord, for the church today, and I was like, I don't have any word for the church today, but I was like, well, Lord, you must have a word for the church today, and I'm willing to give it, and he's gave me a few things that I really want to encourage you with, and after I left for uh, from prayer here on Friday, I was driving up to the big city of Oshaleta, and I was asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, what is it that, what's the word for the church? And because uh, I've been reading in Thessalonians, and it's, it's really encouraged me. And I knew that he, it, was to, um, it was a word of encouragement that I was to give. But um, I asked him that, and I changed the, it, some song was on, I guess, that I didn't like, and I changed the radio station. And uh, the song came on, Don't Stop Believing. And I was like, Thank you, God. That's right from you. And, you know, God can speak to us however he needs to speak to us. And that little line in that devotion that said that only God can speak through the word is a bunch of baloney. Because God can speak to us however he wants to. And if he can speak to me through a song that says, don't stop believing as a confirmation, he can speak however he wants. So don't put him in a box. And, man, have we wanted to do that through the years. But, Dad, this is what I heard the Lord say. And I saw a picture, and I saw a picture of a train. And I was like, hmm. I didn't tell you this. But that train wasn't at a standstill, but it wasn't moving at full capacity. It was just beginning to start. You know how the old trains, and they just begin to start. And part of that movement is you guys. It's Amanda stepping up. It's David stepping out. It's Debbie stepping out. 
it's the apostolic center beginning to take its movement. And as I saw that, Mariah came up to me last night as we was getting dinner ready, and she said, huh, I had a funniest dream about a train. And I was like, really? And uh, she said, yeah, we was at a train station, and she said, Rob was so excited about those trains and said that there was trains everywhere and I, I didn't you know like I said I didn't say anything to her and that's why I went over there to her while going I was like what was that dream that you had but whenever I looked up train God speaks through dreams train is um in the move of God connection will enable you to move forward with great speed and it also said it's an equipping training center, is that train. So that was confirmation of you guys that are beginning. And the, you know what? It's not, I just, I just mentioned them because I have saw in the past few months, they have began to move into what God has called them and to step into. But you know what? It's not just them. There's many more of you to step into something that you're, that you're to be a part of here at this place. But I, at the beginning of the week, I had another dream, and it really kind of disturbed me because I, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And right before I came here, I had the dream twice, and the Lord said, keep it close to your chest because it was like I wanted to talk about it, but I wasn't supposed to really talk about it. You know, I just knew he was going to show me. And I was like, it just really troubled me because it was this place. But... We had boxes. Nobody was upset, so I knew it wasn't bad, but we had boxes, and everybody was taking things. We were taking everything out of here in boxes. And I was like, well, good grief. Are we shutting down? I mean, of course, that's my first thought. Well, then as I began to think, the Lord showed me this morning, boxes are, are um, restrictions and limitations the boxes are being removed from this place. That I'm telling, that's a good word. <laughs> that is religious. All kinds of things are being carted out of this place. The restrictions are being removed off of this place. Limitations, the things that men want to put on this place, God is taking out of here. So those are the two things that God gave me directly for this place for this hour. So the apostolic center is beginning to move. It's beginning to move. That is, it's beginning to move. And I encourage you guys, I, I, I'm telling you, and it's just like, Amanda, I'm going to tell him, we went to lunch and I said, Amanda, this is where we're at. Now, where do you see your place? And I mean, she said, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, we don't always all know that or don't feel that, but a lot of you know, and you're hesitant because you're like, well, that sounds crazy. Who's supposed to have a lady social and do this and that? Who, you know what I'm saying? But hey, we all have a place. It all's going to look different. And you know what? You might not like my call. Don't worry about it. It's not yours. You go do your calling, and I'm going to do my calling, and we're all going to be okay. Amen. The Lord, though, will not let me away from the scripture because it's the mission statement for our church. 
And it's Luke 4, 18 and 19. I gave her the right scripture this time. And it's, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and I want to give it to you, I want to read it to you. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. That is who you are. That is your identity. I don't know if that read exactly close enough. Look it up in your Bible. What are the main points? The Spirit is on me. Do you feel the Spirit on you? If you don't, we can pray for you. Ask for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. I've been talking about I am anointed. We don't always feel that way. But God has anointed us. He's anointed us for what? To heal, to preach, to declare, to decree. Those are, if you don't know what you're to be about in this apostolic place, here's a good place to start for your identity. Ask the Lord, God, I don't feel these things. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, Pray for somebody. I, I'm no preacher. How do we step into these things? If somebody's sick, if you can't pray for them, at least say, I'll have my church pray for you. That's a start. Amen? So, I mean, sometimes it's not easy to say th those things to people. But start somewhere. Because whenever you say, I'll have my church pray for you, or I will pray for you, it kind of identifies where you're at a little bit. So if you're having trouble with uh, crossing the line, you know, wanting people to know really where you stand, throw some things like that out there. That it kind of marks you, and nobody then wonders where where you where you're at. But I, I want to encourage you today, so that you can go and and be these things, but that you can also be an encouragement to somebody this week. And that's why we come here. That's why we come to this place. We come to get filled up and then go back out and, and give, it all, give it all away. And as I was uh, reading in uh, 1 Thessalonians, Paul sent Timothy out. And I want to read you 1 Thessalonians 3, a uh, little bit of 2 and 3. And it says, We knew that he would strengthen your faith and encourage your hearts so that no one would be shaken by these persecutions, for you know that we are destined for this. So they sent, sent him to go, what, to strengthen them, to encourage them. Who needs their heart strengthened today? Your heart encouraged today. We do need to be strengthened, don't we? That's part of, our, of who we're to be about. We've been hearing the prophets say that um, we're to go up to a new level of faith. If you go to research, John, give you a little plug for your store there. You need a new level of faith, don't you? You went and bought anything lately? 
you need a new level of faith to have more cash in your pocket to be able to purchase what you need, don't you? <laughs> we do. A new level of faith to get through that the, the mandates that they want to continue to put on us. I listened to some people in New York City last night, and they said, we know that the, world, that the United States is watching us because we are trying. There's, there's a few that's trying to stand, that's trying to stand. And they're like, because we know if they take us, they could take more. And they're like, why aren't the police out being concerned over all of the crime and they're not going and dealing with that, but yet they send a whole squad of people to a restaurant to arrest a lady in a wheelchair because she won't prove that she is vaccinated and show a card. Now, that's, that's something's wrong with that. We need a new level to stand. And we've thought, oh, we can, we can go, we can do. We never thought we would see these things here in our country. But yet, here we are. So we need a new level of faith to rise up above some of these things. And we've got to keep looking at the good that is going on because there is a lot of good things happening. But the shaking that is happening, I believe, is to start right here amongst us. Because if we don't rise up and if we don't wake up, how will the outside world ever come to the Lord? It's on us. We must awaken. We must take those places that we don't want to take. We've got to go. It's more than just on November 2nd to go vote. And, and it's difficult times. And our level of faith must move up. It, we need new levels of faith for our family more than ever because we've seen so much division even amongst family, even over these issues that I'm talking about. So how do we move up in our faith to believe for our families? To how do we do that? Only the Lord can show you how to do it. But it, we've got to continue to move up into those higher realms and, and to continue to go higher spiritually with him and ask for more of him. Rob told me yesterday, it's not time to back up or to slow down. We got to keep going just as hard and fast as we can go. And that's a word straight, that's from the Lord. Because when you continue to listen and read the negative things that we continue to hear, it wants to paralyze you and not move at all. And you want to give up and say, what's the use? Go read Luke 4, 18 and 19. <laughs> That's the use. That's why. Because we're called. And if we don't do it, no one's going to. And it's not on uh, Fox News or Newsmax. It's not on those. Those people aren't going to. Because there's so much lies out there. You can't believe what you hear. So we need our faith to increase, our discernment to increase, do we not? We had the FBI get up this week and say that they saved the Jewish people in the synagogue. Baloney. 
the rabbi threw a chair and they all ran. Isn't that awesome? They saved themselves, but the government wants to take credit for it. <laughs> so we need discernment more than ever. Lord, raise our level of faith, new levels of faith. Lord, we need it more than ever. More than ever, we need it. I want to go to um, talk to you some about Joseph, and I can't get away from Joseph. And we had an assignment, I told you, from uh, John Benefield to read the book of Genesis. And um, you think, well, I've read that before. And Joseph's one of those stories as a kid, everybody loves the story of Joseph. You know, he's the kid that got the cool coat and... You know, it's like, but to read that, and, and we, I was reading it in the, the Passion Translation, and we can't get it on the, uh, on the overhead just yet. They, don't, they haven't released it yet on, in that. But um, I'm going to read you some of it. But as I've read that, this whole book, it's just like it kind of awakened to me in a whole different way. And um, it's been quite exciting, and the Lord's really spoke to me through it. But you know Joseph, and you know the story, and I talked some about it last week. And, you know, he had a gift, and I was talking about dreams earlier, about um, his gifting of being able to interpret dreams. So God does speak through your dreams. Who in here dreams? Everybody should raise their hand, because we do. Does everybody, do y'all write them down? Though you need to start writing them down. And the guy that's coming in September, I, I, I kind of stumbled on him last night. He was on Facebook. and um, But he really encourages you to, if they're from God, you want to steward them. There's something he's give us, so jot them down. They may not make a lot of sense, just like those boxes didn't make a lot of sense to me. Keep asking him. Because I, I, was, I, was, I was like, God, what does this mean? You know what? He told me. He'll tell you what your dreams mean. And I tell you this, when I was a kid, I was a teenager, I had some dreams and I moved on them and they were not from the Lord and it got me into some trouble. So be I'm just saying the enemy wants to he he'll use a dream. That's right. You've got to be discerning and not all dreams are from God. But Write them down. They may not make much sense at the time, but um, maybe later go back or ask him. He's speaking. He's speaking. But Joseph, God spoke to him through those dreams. Remember, he talked to the brothers and what they do. They threw him in a pit. But, and I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I just want to read in Genesis 39, and she's not going to put it up. I just, if you'll just... Give me a minute just to read this to you. It's just real quick. Okay, remember then he went to, um, he got sold, and then he was at Potiphar's, and he was taking care of the guy's house, and then remember the wife was putting the move on him, and he kept resisting, and she was ticked because he ran away from her, and he left his awesome coat with her. So he got thrown in prison. That's my version. And this is in uh, Genesis 39, uh, verse 20, starting in verse 20, and it says, 
Joseph's master took him and threw him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners are confined, and he was left there. But Yahweh was with Joseph and demonstrated to him his faithful love by giving him great favor in the sight of the warden. The warden put all the prisoners under Joseph's care, and he was placed in charge of all the prisoners and everything in the prison. The warden had no worries about the prison with Joseph in charge. Because Yahweh's presence was with Joseph and caused everything Joseph did to prosper. So God was with him. He was with him. He was with him when his brothers threw him in the pit. He was with him whenever uh, he was falsely accused and thrown in the prison. And God presence was with him and caused everything to prosper he remained steady he remained solid who encouraged him whenever he was in prison he didn't have tbn to turn on didn't have what kxoj to listen to or whoever all those preachers you know um he didn't have a bible didn't have christian literature uh, no Facebook or internet to listen to read the Elijah list or get a prophetic word to encourage him. How did he encourage himself? How did he do that? You know how he did it? He did it because he had a relationship with the Lord. He had a relationship before he went in the pit and he kept the relationship when he was in the dungeon, in the prison. And I was thinking about, you know, he was in there for two years. And I was thinking about the prison that they've tried to confine us to for the past two years. And the United States has kind of been in a pit for the past couple of years. And, it, it, and it's, it's tested us to see where we're at and where our foundation truly is. And you know what? It, we're, it's easy for us to be encouraged because we can pick up our phone, you can pick up to call someone to encourage you, you can come here to be encouraged, you can listen to something or read something 24-7. We have so much easy access to any encouragement. Do we always take it? Not always. But where would we be if we were thrown in the pit for a couple of years with absolutely nothing but Jesus. Oh, I've heard about jailhouse religion or whatever. Well, yeah, we'd probably all find him a little closer, wouldn't we? We would. But you know what? He already had him before he went in there. So he didn't have some big jailhouse conversion of finding Jesus. God was already with him in there. You know, in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, it says, it talks about David found himself in a lot of distress because he was getting ready to get stoned. But what does it say? It says it's, he strengthened himself, he encouraged himself. That, that's where we have got to be able to, we've got to get there quickly. Because if... We're in this awakening, and people are beginning to be awakened. I can't always call 
to say, how do I help this person? If we, we get in the word, God starts speaking to us, then we have what we need to be able to give it out. I don't have to call my dad and say, Dad, uh, this person needs help. What, what should I do? It's not wrong to call somebody. You, you hear what I'm saying. We've got to start. We've got to get it for ourselves. It is time because the church needs to come to an awakening because America is, they keep saying the third great awakening is coming. It, it, people are awakening. I heard about a whole group of teenagers and young people that are coming to the Lord in where? California. They're supposed to hate God in California, right? I mean, there are like big moves of God happening. That's a great thing. But if we were in prison, I, I don't know. I just love that, that not that he was in prison, but that he kept his relationship. He, he had it when he went in, and he had it when he was in there. And we have been through a huge shaking. We're still going through it. It's not over. And what the prophets say, they say it, there's a bigger one even coming. What, what's going to happen? Because you know what? I really thought the virus was going to turn hearts to the Lord. Kept everybody at home scared to death. They still are afraid. That's why we keep saying we were not going to be moved by fear. We can't live in fear. Fear paralyzes, and you've seen people are still really afraid. That is not the Lord. It's not God. It's not what he wants to be us to be about. I want to read you another scripture then whenever Joseph's getting ready to get out of prison. And, you know, there he was. He, he interpreted some more dreams when he was in prison. And those guys said, yeah, we'll remember you. Don't you know he had to be a little hopeful? He was fixing to get out. It didn't happen, did it? He got to hang out there a little while longer. And then it says, and you remember Pharaoh had the dream, and they remembered him, and they went to go get him. And it says um, two years had went by. After hearing this, Pharaoh immediately sent for Joseph. They rushed him out of the dungeon to prepare him to meet with the king. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came and he stood before, Pilate, uh, before Pharaoh. He got ready and he went. And I was thinking about that because he was ready. He was, we think, oh, well, yeah, he got out and, you know what he went and did? He went, he was over a whole country. Let me tell you where things would be today. If some, if y'all, some, a normal kind of, we say Mr. Normal Person's here, Joe's here, and, and he just, his brothers offended him, they did him wrong, then he got thrown in prison. You know what happened to Joe these days? He'd come out with a bottle of Xanax, he'd be in counseling for the rest of his life, He, he could barely, he, church wouldn't even be an option because, he, it, well, he'd be hearing about the COVID, so he's got to wear a mask, stay home, be afraid. 
He couldn't make a decision because all the decisions were made for him in prison. Uh, let's see, how, how else would that go? Right? This guy came out of prison more on fire for the Lord and had more discernment than some of us will ever have in our whole lifetime. I'm telling you, if, that, if God can do it for Joseph, I'm t we need to take up Joseph's anointing. And that, I mean, God is calling us for this day because there are leaders for America in this place. There are leaders for Skytook in this place. We've been held back for a couple of years in a COVID dungeon, but it's time to step out, and it's time to awaken to what the Lord has called us. He went, and he said, yeah, I can interpret your dream. Here's what your dream means, and the king said, you're absolutely right, and he said, then not only did he interpret the dream, he gave him a whole list of what, what things needed to happen, and the guy said, you're right, and you're the man for the job, and he was able to step up into the job. All of these fake, demonic labels that people want to put on us with all of these diseases and all of these weird things that we want to have, they're not from the Lord. And, and, and yeah, we've been hurt. We've been offended. I, I don't see that it even, he doesn't even talk about that because whenever you get over there, some of us be offended and your brothers come to you. Are you going to help them? He helped them. He gave them food. He, he wanted to help his family. I've heard some uh, brothers against brothers, and they, they weren't so friendly these days. They're like, well, they did me wrong, so I'm going to see how, hard I, how much I can hurt them. That's the world's way of thinking. That's not the Lord. But he forgave them. He didn't hold the offense. He loved them. He wanted his lineage line to continue. And the Lord blessed those 12 tribes. I, I don't know. The Lord just really spoke a lot to me through that. And I hope I can convey to you in that. Be encouraged. We don't want to hang on to the things that the world says that we're to hang on to. And I just saw that we've become too much like the world. Because, you know, who would have thought that we couldn't have um, just ran to the doctor or ran to the hospital if, something, if we're sick? And you, you hear these days, or I've read on Facebook, don't come to the hospital, don't come to the ER. Didn't you try? You couldn't even get the urgent care to answer the phone. You know, we've just always thought this is easy access. This is an easy answer. I don't need to worry about praying or God because I can go and have somebody fix this for me. But we're kind of at a place to where um, they may all get shut down. Then what are we going to do? David and Judy and mom and dad and Debbie, they're going to be up here praying. We're going to be really busy. You know, y'all are going to be out there because we're going to be doing what the Bible says we're to be doing. We're going to be calling on the elders saying, urgent care won't take us. Could you please pray for me? We, I don't know. I just want to encourage you to be so steady on that foundation that the God that you know now and whenever the, done, whenever the shaking comes, just like the shaking come from Joseph, you're going to be solid in the shaking. 
And we're not going to be moved. And we're going to say, God, I am following you no matter what. No matter if they say, you, you can't come into the church. Hey, you can't go into a restaurant. Do you don't think the church might be next? So what you going to do? Oh, I'll stay home and watch you on Facebook. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of asking some questions. It, there may come a time whenever we get challenged by some things, even more than what we are today. And, you know, we've been in a pretty safe place right here because most of us in Oklahoma have done what we want to do. We haven't been stopped too much. Those, those challenges may come. I hope they don't. I pray. That's why we pray, is it not? I know a lot of people say, well, God's got all this, and then why do we pray? There's quite a few stories in there where they pray and God changes things. So that's why we pray. And isn't it what we heard? It's co-laboring with him. It's our job. <laughs> Things can change when we pray. So don't, don't think that your prayers are for nothing. And don't buy into the, the whole shebang of, well, God's going to do whatever he wants. We have a part in this. We ha you have a part in this. You have a part in it. Joseph knew who he was. He recognized his gift. And you know what? Nothing was stolen from him in those two years. His gift placed him in the pit. His gift was used in the prison. His gift got him out of the prison. Amen. Romans eleven twenty nine. it talks about our gifts and our callings are irrevocable. When God chooses someone and graciously imparts gifts to him, they are never rescinded. You know what? Y'all have a gift. Amen. Are you using it? When I get gifts, I put them on or I use them, you know. Are you using your gifts that God's gave you? Be encouraged today. Don't let the pit, the prison, false accusations steal your destiny and the call on your life. You have a choice. And that man had a choice in that prison because he could have come out of there and been really upset at the whole world. His favorite coat got stolen. The brothers didn't like him. He, you know what I'm saying? He had a lot against him. But that's not what he chose. He chose the Lord, and he chose his faithfulness. And you know what? Not only did he save his whole family, he saved a whole country. God can use you to do the very same thing. Who's going to stand in your family if you don't? Who's going to believe for your family to all come to the Lord if, if, you, if you decide you're mad at them and they can all go to hell? They've ticked me off and I don't care anymore. We've all probably been there with somebody in our family. Thank you, Alan. More than once. Oh. 
I was thinking about all the people that have to go to a life coach to get encouraged and to get pumped up. Let me save you some money. God is the ultimate life coach. And he can, that's right, that's who Joseph had, and he didn't, it cost him a lot, but no money. And if you'll come here on Sundays and Wednesdays, this is a great life coaching place. God has much for us. I want to read you one more scripture out of Thessalonians. It's 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. This is where I felt like the Lord said we're to end. God's will is for you to be set apart for him in holiness. And then in verse 7, for God's call on our lives is not to a life of compromise and perversion, but to a life surrounded in holiness. God gives us his precious gift, and you know what that is? It's his spirit of holiness. And that, we've all been in the pit. So don't think you're anything special because you've been there, because we've all been in some sort of predicament that only God could get us out. But he is calling us to a life of holiness. And you know what? You may be like me. I don't feel real holy sometimes. I don't even know what the what a call what is a call to holiness. Sometimes I'm like God. I don't even know what that is. It, you're going after Him, and you're saying, God, anything that's in me that doesn't look like You, I ask You to take it from me. And He loves us so much, He will do that if you will let Him. And Rob was talking to me yesterday at the table just about where he was and where he is today. And, you know, he said, I, I, I knew that I had to just put myself in some uncomfortable places 